very uncomfortable thing to do to like go into a new organization as a content marketer and be like, um, you, you know, I'll show you some results in two years. <laughs> you know, it's, so you got to figure out like, okay, what am I going to show immediately? Because I got to have some impact. Like if I want to keep, keep my job or whatnot, like I, I, we need to figure out like how to show success. There content marketing is easy, but effective ROI positive content marketing is damn difficult and like many difficult things is essential for your success before i give an introduction about the episode before i give an introduction even about our guest i want to start with that mantis what do you think the most difficult thing about content marketing and why is it so crucial to the success the long-term success of any business right um, well, thanks, first of all, for, for having me. It's really nice to participate in the Prague Marketing Meetup. And uh, you kind of set it up really nicely where, where you position, like, uh, it's easy to do content marketing, but it's kind of difficult to do content marketing that actually makes sense from an organizational point of view, from a business kind of bottom line point of view. And I think that's where really um, a lot of organizations struggle, is to actually figure out what, what is the content marketing program we need to start that will actually bring business results. What usually happens with, with a lot of organizations and the way that they approach content marketing is that they really think about content creation. Mm -hmm. okay? And they're like, well, we need to create content and it somehow fits in, into our marketing model somewhere. Uh, but uh, content creation is just a sliver of the all of content marketing. You know, there's the, there's the sort of the audience growth strategy that's a part of it. There's the distribution strategy that's a part of it. There's, of course, the measurement. You know, there's the messaging, the, the content pillars. And usually that's not a part of the business thinking. Usually it's just the content creation and it's like, let's create some content and we'll figure out where to place it. So that's probably the first sort of the biggest challenge that organizations have. And I totally relate to it. It's not always easy to, to, to know what you have to do. Why, why is it so crucial to the success of any business? Yeah, yeah. So maybe that was even a better place to start. So it's like, why even begin with content marketing? Uh, you know that you need content, but why, why do you really need it? Where, what's kind of going on from a strategic point of view in your, in your organization where all of a sudden you're like, hey, let's start a content marketing program. So if you look at the way that marketing is functioning right now, there's really sort of the, the bait parts to marketing and there's the, the, the organic parts to, to marketing. And, and it's really like pushing people to your site and pulling people to, to your site or, or whatever your marketing uh, channels. And the bait part is becoming increasingly more difficult to do right. Like there's just uh, too much sort of um, privacy laws that are, are, are going into effect that are uh, limiting accurate targeting. You also get um, ad blockers and the users actually like really don't like it. Do you do you like being uh, targeted by ads? I have to say I'm working for mass marketing, so like it's it's a difficult question to answer. Uh, like when it's not done right, yeah, it's not good. But like some like for me, like a lot of people, yeah, say that marketing is is evil. But at the, at the end of the day, it's not like if it's done correctly. Okay. Like I am helping you to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. If if you are speak about performance marketing, if paid advertising, for example, and search marketing, you are searching how to fix this problem. If I'm gonna show you an ad which says, okay, you can fix it with my product. Yes, you're gonna pay for it, but I'm gonna fix this problem for you. I don't see this annoying, actually, no, thank you. Like, you're helping me. But definitely a lot of it 
is that like? There's there's some utility to it for sure, and obviously there's some utility because people will convert and they will become your customers. So it's obviously useful. But when you kind of comparing the conversion rates between people who are pushed to to your kind of channels versus people who are pulled, so you end up you know seeing something like on the organic kind of content, you you end up seeing conversions that are maybe 5%, 10%, 15%, not uncommon. You can even get like 30% conversions in certain formats. Um, when was the last time that kind of happened on the paid channels? It's just... I don't think it happened to anyone in the industry. Like if, if it happened to you, please, please let me know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, let us know how, how did you achieve that because then do, do paid marketing, yeah. certainly. But um, that's, I think, why people turn to content marketing. They see it as a, a thing. They maybe heard about it. They kind of see it like, well, we're doing paid. Maybe an agency is running for us. What else can we do? And then they start sort of thinking, well, let's try to write a blog. It's usually the first sort of thing. Or maybe we need a newsletter. It's sort of the first idea. So that's, I think, why content marketing nowadays, but uh, from a from a kind of a paid organic split point of view. There's another reason for for, for really why, why people are turning to, to content marketing. And that's to do with, I think, product positioning and brand positioning, where um, you know, we spend so much time uh, finding our uh, unique uh, selling uh, points in, for, for our products. It's like an ongoing sort of process in, in any organization. And uh, it's so difficult to do that from a product point of view. Uh, if you have a product today, if you release something new, by, I don't know, two quarters from then, your competitors will have built something similar. So it ends up and yeah. ends up being really like hard to differentiate yourself from a product point of view. What what content marketing helps you to do it, it allows you to differentiate yourself from a content point of view and from the brand messaging point of view. Like what does your business stand for? And that that's probably the second reason. And now the third reason is also the the trust part yeah. of it, the the trust with the the consumer. And it's difficult to achieve that through anything else but but providing value. So if you can provide value through your content. You end up building trust, and once you have trust, you can sell you know anything. You can sell shoes to the customer. You can sell apples, and you can sell your product. You know, so that, that, those are the three variables. Amazing, uh, and I totally agree. I think what that's what we're gonna do today. Mm. Want to speak about only content creation, but the whole content marketing strategy. How to get this thirty percent conversion rate? How to find the right ideas and how to negotiate that with uh, with management and just get the whole process. But first, thank you very much, uh, Mantis, to be here. And I'm sorry to I'm sorry to say that, but you have to teach me how to pronounce your last name. Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, like uh, saying Chuck E. Cheese really quickly. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. You got it. Oh, wow. All right. Thank you. Wow. Mantis, Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. All right. So. You have been working in social papers at the head of content marketing, and you are moving now to Avast, uh, having a similar uh, role. At the same time, you're also hosting your own podcast, which is a podcast not about marketing. And this is actually the title of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how? Tell us more about about your experience. How how did you end up here? Yeah. Why why content marketing? It, it was, a, I think, a very natural progression from the way that I I started. Uh, just out of university, what what I started doing, and and it really led me towards photography at first, and, I, and then I was a freelance photographer for for a number of years, and I just realized that there's way more money in social media, <laughs> so I started moving into to that space and expanded my knowledge there, and that led me into social breakers, 
and from source pickers then in, into Avast now. So very sort of natural content related progression that, that, that got me into content marketing. And yeah, the podcast is, is just a personal project and it's really not about marketing. Why? Why is it, why is <laughs> but why is it for marketers? So I think because marketing to me, we tends to be like this thing that everything around it just kind of affects it. Like mm -hmm. the, the technology affects it, the way we think about uh, best business practices ends up effective marketing. It's very much like also about your values uh, in the organization. So I, I wanted to create a podcast for marketers about things outside of marketing that may affect down the line what, what marketing is. So that, that was my idea. I definitely invite everyone to go and listen to Mantas podcast. He has amazing guests. I don't know how, how did he manage to get them? Like I'm, I'm, I'm really jealous of him, uh, but he has amazing guests that you uh, definitely need to uh, listen to. I hope we, we get you on as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to. All right, let's jump right in. So content marketing, how do you start? Yeah, how do you, how do you begin? So, and, and the way where, where the way that I want to position maybe this conversation is that it's, Again, it's really great to, to come up with a content marketing idea. It's rather easy to come up with a, a great content marketing idea, but it's really difficult to execute it and execute it in a way that actually has a positive uh, impact on the business. You probably have come up with, with content ideas in, in your organization, and they have turned out in the end something different than uh, what uh, you intended them to be. So I, I kind of want us to talk about how to do it in a way that maybe it doesn't end up being different from what you intended it to, to be, and it actually brings the results. So. If you want to start with a with a content initiative, it's usually probably at first simple ideas will will take you further. It's actually, so if you overcomplicate it, let's say if you are a new content marketing department or if you're just starting your content marketing initiative, if you set a goal that you know let's let's do video content, let's start. Uh, everyone's watching videos. I'm watching videos. You're watching videos. Let's let's do videos. Like you will have a really tough time. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy format to get right. It requires skills. It requires budget and budget management with with agencies. And so it's gonna. There's more that's gonna get in the way of your success. Yeah. So you got to kind of tone it down a bit and be like, look, what what are the skill sets that we have? within our organization right now, within our marketing department, and what is the sort of the easiest path to the first uh, content marketing program uh, that will be successful because the people actually know how to do, how to handle this format. They've written emails maybe before, uh, like every organization does, so why not start a newsletter? Because we know how to put it together, we know how to send it out, we know how to measure it. So that would be sort of my recommendation as, as, as simple ideas. I want to take you one step back here, speaking about the goals, because like for me this is Whenever I'm creating a strategy, whether a whole marketing strategy or speak about content marketing strategy, this is always a challenging part and one of one of the parts that a lot of people skip because it's it's difficult and they say, yeah, okay, we just we are looking for results. Like they don't think about the goals. Mm -hmm. What kind of goals do you usually set when you are building your strategy? Yeah. So again, it comes down to this this uh, thing of why why do content marketing? And so many organizations uh, struggle with with defining of why why they need it. So uh, usually it should start with something like an audience growth uh, strategy, where you look at your your channels. For now, probably everyone has some channels, either Facebook or Instagram or uh, LinkedIn or, or you know a blog maybe or even a newsletter. Uh, so if if you look at those channels and you kind of take a benchmark of where where you are currently like well, this is this is the size of our audience this is who we're able to reach for free without with with paying you can reach anyone but yeah. for free this is how big of the you know the audience we have how do we 
build it. And that's where the content marketing uh, strategy comes in. So you, you then decide that, let's say we need an audience that's 40% larger by next year. Mm -hmm. what, what's, gonna, what's gonna get us there? Which activities gonna get us there from a content production point of view? So is the newsletter gonna get us there? Is it another block that we have to start? Is it uh, a video prog program maybe if you already have an audio format or you have uh, a written format so you can expand your content marketing? So it's very important to have that target in mind of what, how, how big you want to grow that audience. Coming up with ideas for, uh, to reach these goals. Yeah. How do you approach that? Like, how, what is your idea generation machine? So this is a, a, another part of your content strategy. So when you're defining your, your content strategy overall, your content marketing strategy, part of it is definitely the, the, the goals, the, the uh, audience growth strategy, uh, how much bigger of an audience pool you need. And the, the other part of it I mentioned is the, the content pillars, the, the messaging. What, what should you cover as an organization? And that's never easy to do because uh, we tend to very focus inward. <laughs> Working in businesses, we tend to think about ourselves first and our immediate sort of space, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to thinking for, about our brand from a consumer point of view. So let's take maybe a concrete example. Like uh, uh, one of the content marketing brands that I really, really love is uh, Patagonia. The way that mm -hmm. they do their, their content marketing is, is excellent, especially their, their YouTube channel. Um, and they sell clothes, essentially. Like they're, they sell backpacks, they, they produce, uh, they're a fashion brand, yeah. so, so to speak. Um, their content marketing isn't about their, their the clothes. It isn't about uh, the um, the way that they make the clothes. You could do that easily. You could say, well, we need to show people how much we care about clothes making. So we, we built a program explaining how we source the materials. It could be interesting, but it wouldn't. It there's a limited people who really want to watch that on a yeah. on a day to day basis. So you have to kind of expand beyond that. So what, what other topics around this area that our audience cares about that are available for us to cover from a content marketing perspective? So in Patagonia's case, it's everything that relates to sustainability, sustainable farming, um, you know, climate change and so forth. And it's, it's much bigger than their organization. And all of a sudden it allows you to pretty much open your creativity. Yeah. <laughs> it opens your sort of worldview and you end up coming up with, with far more ideas of what you can actually do. So that, that should be actually your content pillars. Looking at your brand values and then looking at your customer, what do your customer care about and then write, um, uh, write about that. Uh, so you have, you have a set, you have a set of ideas that you can, you can approach. What the next step? You yeah, what do you, how do you make them become a reality? One place to start, again, would be looking at uh, the resources available within the organization. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you, let's say, define the content pillars and you now know that you need to break out of the space that's immediately around your product, the next sort of topic, then you choose the channel where you're going to do it based on the resources that you kind of have available internally. So for instance, if you, again, have an email marketing team, already probably every organization has, a newsletter becomes like a really easy um, first content marketing program to run because you're like, okay, we've done email marketing. We know how to put together email content. We know how to measure it, track it. So usually you can start that way. Yeah. If you have your content marketing programs run internally, budgets become very much to do with uh, uh, people's pay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
it's, it becomes, can we afford this person versus that person versus uh, a content create, content writer versus maybe a video producer versus uh, someone to do animation, you know? So you kind of pick you and you hire them in-house and now they, they are on a payroll and that's HR's problem, so to yeah. speak, to some degree, yeah, and or, or the overall marketing budget. When you work with, with agencies, it becomes much more of your own problem as a marketing manager or the, the head of content marketing because it's it's much more noticeable like what you what you're spending and what you you get back in, in, in the organization. So, if you decide that uh, we're making a video program, uh, content marketing program, and you know that you need an agency and it's going to be a huge cost, all of a sudden you've given yourself like so much more visibility in the organization just based on spend. Yeah. So, so accountability really grows on you to, to deliver. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's more stressful, so to speak. It, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing and if you can execute, it's great. It's just it's, your work is structured differently. If you bring in that, that team in-house, if you uh, decide that, you know, okay, we are really serious about video content, so we're going to bring in the, the right people to, to do it. So it becomes a, an easier challenge in some regards is that it's you no longer have to worry about at least the, the, the payroll part of that, that paying off. You know, these people are on payroll and they're, they're kind of a different budget pool and you can really focus then on, on the content more so than making sure that the agency really like you you kind of have to be on agency's toes day to day kind of checking in whether things are really moving versus a, an internal team so I, I i like working internally when do you think it's good idea to hire an agency Usually outside of content marketing, it's a great idea to hire an agency. So if you're you're building a brand campaign, a new product launch campaign, it becomes agency is a great way to all of a sudden um, have a huge team available to you to create that campaign. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with content marketing is that it takes a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, six months is a short time for a content marketing program. We're talking maybe a year, two years to really see significant results from it. If you work with an agency, I mean, that budget just, it, it balloons yeah. and it becomes really, really an eyesore for the management team, for the board. And it's, so when, when are we going to see results from this big agency spent? And it becomes, uh, there's, there's a lot of pressure for, for you personally as a, as a head of content. Uh, if you work internally for such a long duration of time, you probably actually get better and better at what you do internally. So you're developing the, the skill set within the team that you can then later turn into other uh, other programs and, and so forth. So that's one reason for thinking about this difference between agencies and uh, and um, internal teams. Uh, second variable is uh, just simply to do with skill sets. If you're really set on video, but you don't necessarily have the, the skills to do video, it, there's no point in trying. So you, you just got to bring in someone to maybe start with you. And if someone's internally really serious about it and they want to take over that skill set, train them, and through working with an agency, they'll see what the process is like, how to set it up. And that makes sense to maybe kick it off the, the program like that. But you really want to have someone ready to take it over internally for that lo really long duration yeah. so the budget doesn't build up. One of the main... Um strong points having an internal team is they are inside your company like they understand the product they understand the brand values they understand the customer they hopefully interact with the customer which things that is very difficult for, for the agency no matter how much they, they try that they can yeah. achieve if, you, if anyone who's watching this are working at an agency like there's so much value in, in, in what you're contributing to a business from a sort of 
knowledge point of view of, of new formats, from a knowledge point of view of how to deliver a multi-channel campaign. Because uh, if you're working with 50 different clients, you have experience with so many different touch points, you know, and how to create content for those touch points. It's more likely that when you work internally, you're going to have more sort of tailored experience by channel because, you you know, maybe you're strong on email marketing, maybe another organization is strong on their blog, uh, and it that's the limit of the skill set. So an agency has just huge value from bringing in that quick quick skill set. Moving into the internal the internal team, how would you how would you structure your team, the content marketing team? And you you have been doing that social because and you're not doing that now in uh, in Avast. Before we even talk individual members, it's maybe worth sort of thinking of different ways that content marketing sometimes fits into the organization from from uh, like the the structure point of view where does it sit is it like yeah. brand is it uh, demand generation team where, where, where and it's really different in different organizations and that's fine you just have to kind of adjust uh, your your approach uh, to how you work so if you end up with a content marketing team that's solely all the content is created within the content marketing team um, you you'll need slightly one one kind of strategy one or maybe a, one kind of a setup if you end up with a bigger content marketing or organization or just bigger marketing organization and content marketing is delivered by different teams. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be like heading up the entire team. You're going to, someone else is going to be doing the newsletter. Someone else is going to be doing the YouTube channel. They're going to own it. Someone else is going to own Facebook probably. And you're going to end up being a kind of a point of connecting people and making sure that uh, they are meeting their, their targets uh, individually. Those, those different channels and you're going to be a point of sort of coherence between, yeah. between those channels. So that's in a large organization. But if you have a smaller organization and you're really like starting to think about building up a content marketing de department. So a couple of key roles you'll need. So first of all, is of course the content creators. So if, and it depends on which uh, type of content marketing programs you decide that you, you should run. So if you're working more with written content, you will need obviously content writers, someone experienced with blog and then SEO becomes absolutely crucial. So you need some probably at, at bare minimum, a good writer who has, um, serious seo experience yeah. so if you if you're turning that if you're going that uh, blog route of course then if you go the youtube route you then you need someone who's has experience in, in youtube um, and possibly social media on, on, on promotion and so forth the other side is the the strategist sort of content strategist and that could be either you as the head of the content team uh, or someone else that you hire if it's a really large organization you're going to probably end up hiring a content strategist and you're just going to be sort of making sure that, that, that people are on on the right track as, as a head of the, the content team and in parallel as well if you're really focused on written content you will always have like an seo strategist that could be in the same position as the content strategist but potentially and the, the data person is yeah. another key key thing um, because every content marketing program to just succeed you got to really really carefully read uh, data from top of the funnel to the middle of the funnel to, to lower of the funnel just to be able to connect the dots and so you need someone looking at it like 24 7 not 24 7 is a bit much but, but at least you know when they're at work uh, their full-time thing is, is paying attention to data and then informing the the content strategist on like hey look this is what's really working and then that feedback is kind of gets back to the client would you get a data person dedicated only to the content marketing team or would it be just it's a data person and uh, within the marketing team who are serving uh, different departments? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Uh, so obviously, if you're a smaller organization, you can have a data person dedicated to marketing rather than the content marketing team. Um, 
problem is, is that usually there's so many other priorities for that person. Like paid will be at their top priority for that person because uh, it's like you really see the spend and some there needs to be an ROI. And so they're going to spend their 80% of time doing sort of measurement of the paid activities. Content marketing is when they have time. You yeah. know? So if that's the kind of the setup in your organization, you're going to have to become a bit of a data nerd yourself as a, as a head of content or your team will have to be or maybe if you have an SEO. Uh, person and team, they'll become your sort of data advocate, but you'll need to build the skills more more uh, internally. Is this a skill that you always look at? So if you are looking for a content market, uh, marketing uh, strategist or even like a creator, do you evaluate how good they are with data analytics? Again, depends on the size of the organization, but if we're talking like a mid-size and so forth, I think, yeah, you definitely want to ask some questions about data just to see if if they are familiar, at least with the GA environment, at least the Google Analytics environment, like, will they be able to, if you ask them to, to look something up, will they be able to get to it? At least for the content that they create themselves, because you, you may not have time simply. Or if you're constantly like checking in on data, then you know, you're not checking in on something else that you, you should be uh, looking at from a strategy point of view. So having writers that can actually work with data is extremely valuable. You mentioned at the beginning something uh, quite interesting that have a simple idea, which can be counterintuitive that hey, I, I need to create a content which is going to create um, a huge results like this 30% uh, conversion rate. So we have to, to have a very big uh, idea. But you're saying that's not actually the right approach. Yeah, it's it's not that it's not the right approach. It's just it's the approach that's going to cause you, it, you will lose the most sleep. <laughs> so it's it, obviously it sounds really like uh, awesome if you think of a you know, let's create a documentary series. Like, it's like, yeah, how cool. Brand creating a documentary series, let's do it, you know. And you set out to, to do it. The, from a project management point of view, that is like thinking about uh, locations, uh, uh, you know, who are you, who's actually shooting the content? Is it agency? Is it a media partnership? Uh, do we have all the contracts, legal agreements to shoot it? Who's the host? Who's like narrating it? Um, scripts, uh, just, uh, who's like editing it? And how are we editing it? How's the brand? It becomes like a project of a scale that you need a media company to, yeah. to do it. So you're, you're going to lose sleep over that as a, as a head of uh, content. But if you're putting together a newsletter, which can, from a results perspective, the results could be very similar from those two activities, like mm -hmm. over a long period of time. It's just one is a nightmare to manage. The other one will take one team to, to deliver, and it's uh, one meeting per week. One term that you uh, threw out a little bit at the beginning, the idea of touch points, which for me a little, which was a little bit um, um, uh, alien to me. Uh, what do you mean by that regarding content marketing? We are employed by our company and we got to go in there and we got to provide value and show that we're doing work. So what, what ends up happening where you sometimes keep adding things to our strategy that yeah. maybe sh shouldn't be there, but it just, it feels, it feels good. It feels like we're really working, you know? And so sometimes when you start looking at the content journeys that people take, like if you go to, to, to a content meeting and you start drafting a board, like, look, well, you know, first they're going to see this content piece, then they're going to see this content piece, and then they're going to go on email and then they're going to see that content piece and they'll read it and then they'll convert. Like, mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen. <laughs> the users are not going to do what you want them to do. So you got to simplify your, your, uh, the way that you look at touch points. Like, uh, I know that it's in the past, like I think we very much were building campaigns uh, sort of on touch points thinking, you know, how many touch points do we need for this customer to convert? Is it like 10 touch points, is it nine touch points? And, and I think I'm, I'm sort of shifting the way that I'm perceiving is like, let's, let's focus on the few touch points and make them really, really, really good so that at least if we have five, three touch points, 
those touch points are, are solid and the, the user journey doesn't break at touch point 35. You yeah, know? Yeah. How do you combine that with other efforts, like including the bait, the bait channels? Uh, because I know this can be very hectic, uh, cooperating with, with other departments. Uh, so how do you manage that yourself? The, it's it's you, the page team is by the way it's such a like valuable team for the content marketing organization because content marketing is like super slow moving and paid is super fast moving so sometimes the the, the content marketing turtle is uh, you know needs a lot of direction from page to kind of steer it in the the right direction so um, from a point of view of working with other organizations for the for the content marketing teams be, becomes super important but maybe if we just think of the content marketing as a from a point of view of, of like a journey or a funnel perhaps like from you know a person discovering your brand through content to a person actually purchasing your product so content marketing is really going to serve most of the its function in that earlier stage of the journey and Possibly, like after the the uh, acquisition, after the the it's the customers acquired and the retention part, it's also going to start playing a part where you you keep hitting them not with more product messages, but you're like we got to keep them as a customer for a year, two years. So let's let's keep engaging them through content. But uh, the middle bit is often where the paid team really has to do their job, and you as a content marketing department have to sort of figure out what is the easiest way for the paid team to actually turn my audience that I've built these hundred thousand users, you know, or whatever million. What's the easiest way for us to convert them to customers? Mm -hmm. And so that's when you begin those discussions with the paid team or the email marketing team. You are doing working closely with paid teams with um, um, uh, with other departments, but at the same time, what you mentioned. You have someone above you who who is controlling your budget. You have you have great ideas, but you need to justify these ideas. And marketing takes one, two, three years to see the efforts. So how do you justify and show the potential and the value of these? Uh, I understand this strategy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very uncomfortable thing to do to like go into a new organization as a content marketer and be like, uh, you know, I'll show you some results in two years. <laughs> you know, it's so you got to figure out like, okay, what am I gonna show immediately because I got to have some impact. Like, if I want to keep keep my job or whatnot, like, I, I we need to figure out like how to show success early, and it's. Uh, it's not always easy to do, if especially you have no um, benchmark to start from. If you're starting a completely new, uh, new program, uh, where do you get feedback? Like it's going to take time for further data to come through. So you got to build that a bit into your your content strategy, and that's usually um, I mentioned in the beginning that the content distribution part of the content marketing strategy. That's where you got to sort of think of what are what ways can we get people into this content pretty quickly so that we get some feedback whether this is good, whether what we're doing makes sense. So usually um, email marketing tends to be one place where you can, if you have a database and you're starting a content program, if you're writing blog posts uh, or you're starting a newsletter there, you're going to get pretty quick feedback on the engagement, like if our content is good. And you already then have a point of comparison. So you look at your previous email programs, uh, email campaigns that you've run, and take this one and start comparing them. And so usually from for the management team, if you're able to pick some metrics that show that it's a little bit better than what we've done in the past, you're gonna buy yourself time and be like, okay, you're, you're on the right track. Yeah. Let's give you another month or two or, or a quarter to, to get more results. And so if you build it into the distribution strategy, it becomes easy. Yeah, like I think one, one thing that I, I see usually working is what you just said, which is quick wins. Okay, you just joined uh, the company or you joined uh, a new team. Try to find an easy, quick wins so you gain the trust of, of the rest of the team. Yeah. 
And the second thing is just managing the expectation. Be honest. Okay, this is going to take one, two years to see actual results. We're going to show you some quick yeah. results, but the real results are going to take one, two years. And this is this is how we're going to grow from first quarter, second quarter, third, third quarter. Uh, so I think um, uh, you already mentioned that like, quick wins, number one. Number two, just show them how the journey is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. And again, you just have to reiterate why we're doing it. So if you constantly kind of compare the, the cost of, of paid and, and you are able to pull out some nuggets of information on the conversions on the organic front and kind of compare them and, and see like, look, we, we really need to grow this. We need to keep focusing it because look, if we, we are able to grow this audience by 30%, we're going to be able to bring in X percent more revenue. So if you just kind of show the promise in the data, I think you'll, you'll buy more time. Amazing. Uh, all right. So we, we said we're going to jump into uh, the analytics and the data part. Yeah. Uh, but before we jump there, maybe we touch a little bit on the creation itself. Mm -hmm. So uh, when it comes to content creation, how, how do you approach that? Like you have your idea, you have your resources. How do you actually get the final product? So is it, uh, whether it's a newsletter, with, uh, whether it's a, a blog post or some video. Uh, as the head of the content team, you really want to a little bit step out of the creation process and let the people actually create the content. I, I know it seems counterintuitive, and especially if you're starting new, uh, it feels like you really want to kind of tweak every sentence, you know, move uh, move uh, the headlines, whatever. And it's like, let, let the people do it. Like, unless you really see that someone needs mentoring and needs like coaching and, and build it up, but it's, uh, you you want to speed up the content creation like because it takes such a long time to, to see results you don't want to delay it by things that in the end of the day they're they're going to shift the needle by maybe one percent whether the headline is, is right or not so you you want to leave a lot of the content creation to the content creators hire the people who actually like care about the subject or yeah. something like if you're working in uh you know a, a data company definitely gets someone who's passionate about uh, data and really want to write about it, mm -hmm. that they're not like coming in from a different, totally different sector with no passion for data, because then, yeah, you can end up uh, as, a, as a manager spending time changing their, their stories, you know, making sure that the messaging is on point. Um, build a really good relationship with the design team. Because uh -huh. <laughs> it's like everything will rely on, on, on personal, actually, relationships more so because there's so much... Uh, direct uh, feedback like between those teams like hey can you sort of change this uh, uh, image to another one can you change this icon can you remove this headline and sometimes you end up going through a course of some you know 20 changes uh, in in a matter of a week and if those relationships aren't strong uh, it's going to be painful like yeah. there's going to be sort of uh, you know animosity growing between the teams so you really as, as a manager kind of want to pay attention whether that's working smoothly um, and if you're working with an agency, here's it actually where it becomes maybe a bit more difficult because you you're, you only have a couple of touch points with the agency where to make changes, you know, maybe feedback session one, feedback session two, and the content goes out. So you, if you're especially new in, in the content marketing space, like that, that creates uh, an environment where you may end up going out with a piece where you don't know if it's going to be good or not, like versus if you have all that feedback sessions internally, you're able to really tweak it towards something that you're, you're, you're happy with. One thing I always I always tell you just be nice. Like you're gonna need you're gonna need the sales uh, team at some point. You're gonna need uh, HR. You're gonna need the design. You're gonna need development. Uh, maybe you don't need them now, but you can be sure you're gonna need them in the future. Just 
just be nice. Just yeah. have good connections with other people. Yeah, by the way, like the, probably there's content marketers within your uh, organization. So if you, whatever field you're working in, there's probably someone in the company that really, really wants to write about the topic that you're, uh, you're about the product or you're selling about something else that's related to your industry. Find those people, make them your part of your content marketing department, part of your content discussions. Actually, okay, so this this is a point that maybe we're not planning to speak about, but I think it's it's very important that you mentioned. Getting information from other departments, especially like if you if you speak about uh, a SaaS, like both of us are working in, uh, in SaaS companies. If you need technical content, you're going to need to get it from technical people. Like they're going to give you way more information than um, uh, like a content marketer who doesn't necessarily have uh, that information. How, how do you deal with that? Like you organize interviews with them and uh, how, how did you get, how did you get the ideas out of them? Especially that no hard feelings. We know IT people are not very communicative, like they're not very social, most of them. So maybe the starting point is is that you actually the end goal the end stop for your team is that the people who are creating the content they're writing the content they become the experts of that field that's sort of the end stop and so you as a uh, as a manager you want to enable that for like knowledge and often a lot of that knowledge is internal like yeah. it, it's the other teams so really create like learning sessions with with those teams training sessions whatnot and actually if you don't do that you you kind of end up in a situation where uh, other departments really start sort of being very suspicious about what you do because they see that you don't understand the subject yeah. and you're marketing on the behalf of the company that they really care about and you're producing sort of watered down content that's actually not interesting on an industry level. So you really want to get their buy-in early and be like, hey, you know, they maybe can help you. You can validate content with them, send an article before publishing to someone to just take a look. Uh, of course, people don't want to have more work, so it doesn't always happen. But try to get some, uh, you know, champions and different teams that can help you move your content and teams up to a level to that end stop of them being the experts. Yeah. In the end of the day, you want to build a big publishing department then and they are just as knowledgeable as other people in the organization about the subject. We're going to jump into the, the, the analytics part, the data part, which uh, I like I like the most. I think maybe we, we start a little bit earlier than that. So setting up your KPIs. So what KPIs do you usually look at? Probably a really good place to start would be to set up um, quantity and quality KPIs. So on and you can do it sort of from a funnel point of view or based on different programs. But um, by quantity, I mean like volume KPIs. So it's like uh, views, uh, sessions to site, um, uh, you know, maybe not engagements. Or you could you could count engagements as well in, in that regard. But they're, they're just like, are we getting enough volume overall? And then in parallel, you measure the, the quality of that volume. Uh, so if it's sessions, you sort of measure page depth, uh, time on page, uh, and as you go lower in the funnel, you, you start looking at conversions. So mm -hmm. if you're really creating content programs that you really want uh, to convert to sales, then you know the, see, uh, your, your click-throughs and your conversion rates become your sort of the quality. So it's always just look for whenever you're measuring a quantity. Uh, metric that you have a quality metric and then if you want to you can add a velocity side to it to measure whether the stuff is moving out quickly you can look at uh, you know number of articles per per month week uh, quarter if, if you want but uh, I would start with with quantity and quality metrics right. and what tools do you usually use uh, so 
depends, of course, of on the channel that you're you're and running your programs on. So if it's email marketing, it will be something like a like a Marketo tool, or or you can do it through Salesforce. And somehow, probably like, that's not where content marketers will go and and look at data, but it's going to be integrated to another uh, software uh, like a Data Studio or a Tableau type of software, and. Uh, if you're, you know, writing a blog, obviously it's uh, Google Analytics through again like a data studio uh, route. Um, you can do a lot actually in Google Analytics alone, like yeah. <laughs> from a content marketing point of view. So much sits there in terms of data. So probably if you're really like fresh to content marketing, it will be your source of like it will be your bible for effectiveness. Yeah. Um, and if you once you grow, then you feed into other systems so that content marketers don't need to like go to different tools to 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 check data. But yeah, Google Data Studio can do so much. That's 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 very true. And one thing you mentioned before before the interview was creating a data story. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? So we had that discussion a little bit earlier uh, in our conversation about uh, getting management's buy-in. Uh, early so that you have a bit more time to actually succeed later. So part of the, the data story is this is exactly it. Like you got to take these metrics, these KPIs that you're looking at and put it together in a way that uh, whoever else is looking at this data, they can understand what's really happening. So if you're, let's say, running um, blog and you've started doing something differently, maybe you made SEO a part of the strategy. So you put together your presentation in a way that it tells that uh, data story that, uh, look, our, we were here, you know, this, this was the uh, time on page, this uh, was the bounce rate, this was the total volume for that month. Um, now we're here with this kind of engagement, uh, this kind of volume, and we think we're going to be there in a matter of three months. So people can easily follow what you're doing. Right. Uh, amazing. Did we did we miss any points? I can talk some of the mistakes that, that, yes, please, <laughs> that, please, that, please. in the past, uh, just so that others don't uh, have to repeat it. Um, so the the first I mentioned is like being too involved in the <clears throat> the content process process myself. And I really like uh, apologies to my teams in the past. Uh, I know Marta Jordan. If you're watching, it was probably painful, but you really don't want to. Uh, step in too deeply into the, the content creation bit. That's sort of the, the first takeaway. Let the people who are passionate about the content create the content, step out, do your thing, figure out what you're going to be focusing on, let's say in, in two quarters away, yeah. do that as opposed to focusing on content. And I also personally really misjudge the, the volume that's actually needed to make impact. I, I, and, you know, we tend to think that um, rather really focus on doing something uh, right and uh, uh, rather than doing a lot of it. And yes, that's really true, but for the content marketing to really shift a needle, you kind of need to do a lot. So you need to change your thinking more like a, a business organization that does everything with with a very specific sort of focus, but more rather like a publisher where it's like, look, we got, there's a lot happening in the world. We got to cover as much as we can because it's freaking exciting. Yeah. You know? So you got to start thinking about that and that get that into your team so that they're not... Uh, operating from a point of view of, oh, we need to deliver 10 pieces per month. Mm -hmm. Like get them into thinking, we gotta, there's so much exciting, so many exciting things happening. How do we cover all of it? What's the quickest way to do it? Yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, all right, thank you, Mantis, very much. Uh, and definitely go and listen to uh, Mantis podcast. And for Product Marketing Meetup, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and join our Facebook group. Uh, 
uh, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, no, thanks, Leo. I really appreciate it. It was a really fun chat. And uh, I, I'm so glad that things like this are, are happening in, in Prague. And also to anyone watching, you know, if you, if you want to connect to reach out, ask a question, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. Thanks a lot.